Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. My name is Aaron, and I'm going to be your Doom Master for tonight. We're going to be playing Modifius's 2D20 Conan, an age undreamed of, continuing our Hyborian tales. But before we get into it, first, I want to thank Eric at Norse Foundry for sending me these beautiful D20s that I'm going to use to absolutely murder these adventurers at some point in our tales. Uh, so thank you very much, Eric, and thank you to Norse Foundry for that. What we're going to do is we're going to jump into some character uh, introductions. They're going to tell us a little bit about their cast story background. Then I'm going to go over a quick recap, and then we're going to dive right back into the action mere moments after our episode from two weeks ago. Um, and if you haven't seen it yet, you should go back and check it out because uh, it was very entertaining. So we will start with Jeff. Jeff, why don't you tell us a little bit about Zamir? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Zamir. Uh, do you want us to go fully into uh, our, ca our, our cast story? Yeah, go for it. Let's, okay. let's hear it. So Zamir is originally from Shadizar the Wicked. It is a sister city to Zamora the Accursed. There, he was born into the business of assassination. Each new generation of his family rose higher than the last within the hierarchy of what some know as the Black Hand. See, some see assassination and thievery as corrupted, chaotic industries, but for the true professionals, as Zamer's family has always been known, corruption and chaos are anathema to what we do. We'll see everyone that is, except for Bijan, by blood, Zamir and Bajan, uh, cousins. But since, since Bell blessed neither with siblings, we adopted each other as brothers. We shared everything as brothers might. Clothes and food, chores and punishment. Our educations, books, Bell, burglary, was a joint endeavor. There was love and kinship and a fierce but friendly rivalry, each pushing the other to be faster, stealthier, savvier. When at last the Black Hand saw us worthy to carry out the contract, we were together. First brothers, now partners. And for years this was our way. Dual-wielded daggers, instruments of, of greater folk. That is, until the cult of the Spider-God sank its fangs into Bijan's neck. When Bijan's recruitment began, Zamir does not know. But the betrayal was years in the making. That... Zamir does know. Nah, no longer did we share everything. Conversations ran short. Earnings split unevenly. Bijan completed jobs in secret, assassinations unapproved by the Black Hand. And for some time, Zamir covered for his partner, for his brother, until Bijan's treachery was laid bare, until Bijan carved through the honored and elevated within the Black Hand, his weapons coated with some new poisonous sorcery gifted to him by the grey robe priest of the Spider-God. Brother or not, Bijan had betrayed all that Zamir, our families, and the Black Hand held dear. And there were some who believed that Zamir was complicit, and the scars on Zamir's back where the guild's inquisitors had their way are forever a reminder to Zamir of how thoroughly the assassins questioned my honor. And although family has broken, my honor has not. Bijan 
retreated into the shadows cast by the spider god into the halls of its Shadizar temple. Zamir believed he once saw his brother again, Bijan's skin mottled in grey, his eyes far off focused on a shadow and a voice most others never see. Vengeance crossed Zamir's mind that night, but Zamir did not act. But if and when the Black Hand calls Bijan's contract due, well, Zamir will not hesitate to fulfill his duty. Such is his way. Well, all right. Uh, well, Long, why don't you tell us a little bit about Sir Drusus Jolden? Yeah, Sir Drusus Jolden, a petty noble from Corinthia. Pretty far from the royal line, so he's not really next up to take the throne anytime soon. Uh, his family, Jordan family, has got a blood feud with the Damas family. And the Jordan family, a great-grandmother, there were fights, murders. She's now widowed. Her husband has died. The Damas family has been fighting for the love of this woman. And because of that, our families have been going at each other's throats for generations. Just killing the cousins, aunts, uncles, back and forth. And me leaving behind my home country, having killed a cousin on the Damas' side, now leaves me with the target on my back as I venture out to the lands. Nice. All right, Stephen, why don't you tell us about Sobek Kepler? The story of Sobek's cast is the story of his birth. In the temple of Set in Stygia, long, long ago, we zoom in on the servants' quarters. You hear the wails of a woman and midwives come in and out, rushing from the servants' quarters. And then there's a piercing scream, not from the servants' quarters, but from the high priest's room. The priests go rushing towards the room and out slithers a 12-foot-long black snake. The priest inside is dead. The, the servants prostrate themselves before the holy symbol of Set, and the snake continues to slither to the servants' quarters where I was born, proclaiming me to be the chosen one. All right, Melissa, why don't you tell us about Roya Nadi? Okay, so Roya is our um, shaman. And so her cast is tribesperson. And so her story, uh, so she's currently in her late 40s. And so this cast story happened uh, about 20 years ago. Uh, she uh, had at, at that point spent most of her time um, in her village. Uh, outside of Zach. And so the village had just undergone kind of a change of leadership. So Kiba was the new kind of young leader of the tribe. And the years after Kiba had taken over were years of plenty. Uh, so crops uh, were plentiful, uh, livestock 
were plentiful and multiplied and things were generally going well in the village. Um, there was an older shaman uh, that Roya was apprenticed to, uh, Rashim. He had been a leader of the village previously. Um, and in his uh, older years, he had kind of taken a taken a back step and kind of focused on training of his apprentice uh, shaman. And he was a bit of a kind of a walking almanac. He knew weather patterns, he knew the history, and he could kind of foretell what was coming. And he foretold several years of drought. And Kiba in her arrogance did not believe that this drought was going to happen. And so no, um, no steps were taken to try to prevent this drought, to try to store water or provisions or, or any such thing. And just as Rashim uh, foretold, the drought did come. Uh, but unfortunately, as can happen, uh, this was seen not as what was going to happen all along, but as Rashim somehow enacting some type of curse out of jealousy and trying to get uh, the villagers to listen to him. And so, uh, unfortunately, this was a multi-year drought and rations and, and all of the rest were uh, put into effect. And somehow there was never food left for Rashim or any of his followers, of which, of course, Roya was one. It wasn't long after the first year of the drought that Rashim passed away, and the rest of his followers were not treated particularly well, and starvation was had by all, and by fortune, and as Rashim himself had foretold, it lasted three years, and waters returned to the area. Uh, but at that point, getting past the crisis, any followers of Rashim were outcast from the village. And that is how Roya found herself a traveler. Thank you. And last, but in no way least, let's hear about Aurelia. Aurelia was born in the Bostonian marshes to Volmik and Demedra. Uh, and as her duty, it was to keep an eye on the flock as their village was rather small and was often beset upon by wolves. Uh, there were many dens nearby that just so happened, but this was where we decided to, to live and our family lived. And so we stayed, even though it was recommended for us to move. And oftentimes uh, Aurelia was tasked with just night watch. So she'd stay up late and listening for any wolves to warn um, the village when we were getting raided or if if wolves were um, attacking. And she learned, yeah, at, at a young age that just being silent and listening is often what can help keep you alive. Because there was one hunt where she traveled a little further because she heard a disturbance and she was investigating it. And by the time she returned, um, her village was no more. 
Well, I want to thank everybody for a little bit of insight into their characters' pasts and what put their feet on the road that has led them to Zamora. So we're going to take a couple of minutes to do a quick recap of what happened last session before we dive in. So at the beginning of last session, we saw our uh, adventurers at the end of, of what mechanically would have been um, part of their downtime. Uh, and we we threw a couple of scenarios out just to see how they would react. So uh, Zamir, Aurelia, and Roya uh, were faced with a fire breaking out. And they valiantly worked together to uh, save a woman and her child from the building. Uh, and that's where they had their very first encounter with Grandmother Wisp, though they did not know who she was at the time. Then we slid over and we saw Sobek and Sir Jolden in a uh, bar. Uh, where they were accosted by some temple guards uh, who were drunk and rowdy, and they did not rise to the bait, even though Sobek got urinated on. They held the high road, and, and they walked out of the bar. They were all then summoned to their patron, Hieronymus One-Eye, who was the one who gave them the previous job that brought them to Zamora. And he sat them down in uh, the Serpent's Pit, a uh, tavern-slash-brothel deep in the mall, where he holds court. And he uh, introduced them after a few questions to uh, Sir Gaius Atticus Rye, a Templar of Mitra, who had the job for them, which is to recover a piece of the regalia of Mitra, specifically the torque of Mitra. He told a tale of how they were stolen or, or how all of the regalia was stolen over 40 years ago, uh, but all of the thieves were stopped before they got out of Namedia, except for one who escaped with the torque. It, he tracked it eventually now back to the city of Zamora, and he found that the high priestess of Set, Setanepre, wears it uh, when she has high holy days, at least in the temple. He used another piece of the regalia, another relic of Mitro, uh, the braciers of the regalia, and he allowed them to track where the torque was because they are connected as, as one set. And he realized that they are somehow in the obelisk of Set within the temple district, but that they tr they travel back and forth almost instantaneously between the temple of Set and Setanepre's compound. Um, it was at that point that um, Hieronymus One-Eye's children, who, who worked for him in the street, recognized that uh, uh, Sir Rye was being followed. He was brought in. Hieronymus explained to him that he was about to get killed. If he didn't pass the job off. So he has guaranteed to uh, to our group of adventurers 10 gold pieces apiece if they can return the torque and 15 gold pieces if they can do it within a week and take it to a caravansary close to the border where he'll be staying with his men. Everybody agreed to it. Hieronymus took him out the back to uh, to spirit him away and the group collectively um thought about what they knew of the city of Zamora since they'd been here for a while. Uh, and they decided uh, to attack their information gathering in, in three different prongs. So uh, we had Sobek and Roya went to the Temple of Set, where uh, after dealing um, with the, the temple uh, custodian, uh, Sobek enscrolled him, charmed him, uh, and they managed to break through a magical and complex mechanical lock and slip into the inner inner area of the temple. And that's where we left them. Uh, Zamir and Aurelia 
went uh, deeper into the mall. They went to an old brewery, which actually was where the Shrine of Bell, God of Thieves, is. They were able to decipher how the locking mechanism behind the shrine worked, and they were led down into the Court of Beggars, where they once again met Grandmother Wisp. And after some flirtation um, and some appreciation for the fact that they saved a child, Grandmother Wisp agreed to answer all of their questions for a single gold piece. She told them of uh, of the Undercity and of the sewers, and that they were primarily used by the thieves and assassins. However, anybody getting close to the area in the Undercity that was underneath the obelisk was at great risk because no one had ever returned from that area. She also pointed out the the obelisk of Set was uh, originally part of the original temple of Set from several hundreds of years ago. And she also implied that she was there to see it at the time. Um, she said that there's also a possibility of, of another way of breaching it. She mentioned the fact that there was it was believed that blood gates existed that connected the Temple of Set and possibly Setanepre's own compound to the uh, area underneath the obelisk, but that is only rumor. After they gathered that information, had a little bit more flirtation, uh, they left, and that's where we, we left them as they were leaving the Court of Beggars. Uh, Sir Drusus Jolden, uh, being a noble himself, decided to go into the palace district. He uh, he approached the guards. They directed him to a tavern. He went to a tavern. He played some cards, lost a little bit of gold, but found some very good information from some other young nobles that, in fact, there was a fighting pit there within the palace district where young noblemen go and try, uh, you know, try their arms. They use generally blunted weapons unless there's, you know, some honor duel going on. Um, and it's it's basically just to test their strength, and they they let the, let uh, Sir Jolden know that um, Setanepre or or some of her followers would occasionally go to the fighting pits to look for interesting candidates that she might want to invite to her party. So Sir Jolden then went to the fighting pit and he found uh, the fighting pit's custodian who told them that the the pit was monitored twenty four hours a day to make sure nobody cheats. Sir Jolden passed him a few coins, and the man said, well, if you come back tomorrow at 8 a.m. at 8 bells, uh, that's when I get off work, but that's when the fights start, and I can point out who you want to fight to impress Setanepre and and where you should fight from, indicating that the, the blue quarter was probably the best place to start fighting for the morning. And that's where we left Sir Jolden. The only other thing that I forgot to mention is that Grandmother Wisp did tell Zamir and Roya that if they were interested in getting black market invitations to the party to go to the well uh, within Old Town at 5 a.m. or five bells and that they would meet someone there who would be willing, who would be capable of taking care of them. Did I leave anything out? Excellent. I don't think so. That's pretty solid. That sounds Thank, Thank you. So uh, we're going to pick up. It is still a few minutes after midnight. Sobek and Roya have just pushed open the door into the inner areas of the Temple of Set and walked in. What do you do? I'd like to start well, scoping the place out. We want to know the quickest ways to and from the sewers from here. Okay. Yeah, you got you can both give me an observation check. But I do want to point out one thing mechanically for those people who are going to be running Conan in the future as a DM. 
One of the interesting things about Doom, which is the mechan- uh, the the coin or the currency that uh, that your Doom Master gets to use to uh, cause harm uh, to the players or or give them some inconveniences. There's a couple of ways you get it. Uh, you generate it when the player characters have a complication. You generate it if they don't have any momentum and they decide to give you Doom, or you generate it any time the characters put themselves in a much more dangerous situation than they were in before they left. Now, you get one Doom if it's just slightly more dangerous, and you get two Doom if it's outrageously more dangerous. So I'm popping my Doom up by two points, and you guys can make your observation checks. That was two failures. (laughs) Excellent. Okay. Uh, Roya, did you want to uh, give it a go? Yes. One second. Sorry. Uh, That is one success. Okay. One success. So what you notice in this, you notice that it's a hallway and is very circular in shape. And about every 10 to 15 feet down, uh, alternating on, on either side, left and right, there's a door. They look like they might be doors into into small cells or prayer chambers. The most interesting thing you notice, though, is that the floor is, once again, it's a tiled mosaic that seems to be interweaving uh, snakes. And as you take that first step onto the tile, it makes a sound that reverberates up and down the hall. It sounds like the sound of scales going across sand. That's normal. But the the corridor continues on for about 80 feet. And then there's a light source at the end, which is where most of the light in this corridor is coming from. Looks like it probably opens up into a larger room. I think we should make haste towards the light, Sobek. Light. Could you guide me? Of course. And I hold out my arm for her. And you hear the shh, shh, as you go down the hallway past... Three doors in total, two on the right side and one on the left side. This is a most holy place. Would you like to look in the rooms or are we looking swiftly for areas of exit? We should be quick. We do not have time to search everything. We should find our goal and leave. One other quick question. Are you trying to minimize the amount of sound? Are you trying to be stealthy? Or are yes. you just trying for speed? Uh, Roya's aim is a bit of stealth. Okay, so yeah, what I'm I need stealth. is, the since there's two of you, the person with the worst stealth is the one who rolls. Uh, I'm 11. I'm 8. All right, so Roya will roll. You have zero momentum at the moment, but you can give me doom if you want additional dice. Don't embarrass me. Uh, sure. I will give you a doom. Okay. So you have three dice to roll. And that is two successes in one momentum. Okay. And I'm going to spend a doom to see if anybody hears you. My opposed observation check. Okay. So you guys have one momentum. You're going in towards the lighted chamber. As you approach, you see that it opens up. It looks like it's probably a a larger prayer room or meeting room. There are cushions across the floor. There are sconces along the walls 
with uh, lit by fire. And right on the opposite side is another opening going further in. But what really catches your attention is standing in the middle of the room watching you approach is a man with two king cobras twined down his arm and four cobras or four snakes on the ground at his feet. And then you hear shuffling out from the hallway behind him four more guards. And he looks at you and he goes, you dare trespass within the temple of Set? And we're going to stop there for a second. And we're going to go over to <laughs> Zamir and Aurelia as you walk out of the Court of Beggars. It's a little after midnight. Um, just by just FYI, you guys all do have um, lodgings in the inner district. That was all paid for as part of your upkeep. So you do have a place to go if you want to sleep. But you could do anything you want at this point. You, you've got till 5 a.m. before you're supposed to meet the guy in uh, uh, at the fountain in Old Town. Would uh, would we have um, would we have made plans perhaps, uh, or do we have a rendezvous where we're we're often uh, like a, an inn or a, a a tavern where we meet frequently? You would probably, I mean, the Serpent's Pit is a, is a location if you were near the mall. Otherwise, I would say more than likely the there's a, a, a square, a town, basically a, a market square in front of the uh, in front of the inn that you're staying at, uh, which you probably would be where you would meet. Well, uh, I think so. And you could have you you could have yeah. definitely set up a time to to meet. Um, Zamira turned to Aurelia. Well, we were very productive, I believe. We have a very good lead. We need to get rest. We have to get up very early in the morning if we are to make it to Old Town to follow up on what the uh, what Grandmother Wisp has given us. Yes. Mm. Is there, I could use a nap. I believe so. We have done we have done great work. Probably far superior to our compatriots, I would imagine. Perhaps we will return. Uh, maybe we will see Sedrusis or um, or Roy or the strange uh, priest of Set, perhaps. Yeah, it, hopefully they're hanging around. If we can see about getting them a ticket in the morning. Yes, yes. Yes, I believe, yes. Let us return. Let us return. We have done good work. Let us get a nightcap. And we shall go and rest for the evening. Yeah, try a drink. A good drink. And I will just so, of Grandmother Wisp. <laughs> <laughs> see, uh, you easily make your way through uh, into the inner uh, into the inner district and back to your inn with, with no... Uh, no issues. No one. No one dares uh, to approach the two of you. You've got a bit of a reputation in Zamora already after your last heist. So you make it back to the end, and we will we will cut over to Sir uh, Drusus Jolden. Uh, you are just leaving the fighting pit. It's a little after midnight. You do not have to return until eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I'm also leaving here. But if possible, I'd like to swing by the. I think Temple District was with the story with the obelisk where the relics would attract each other yes how i want to investigate that to see if that's actually true okay so you move uh you move through out of the palace district and you move into the temple district it takes you about 30 minutes to wind your way through the inner district to get over to the temple district but you do notice the closer and closer you get to the temple district the more you feel almost a, a little pressure on your wrist where you're wearing this bracer and the closer you get the more the pressure is and it tingles and warms up a little bit not to the point where it hurts 
but you can definitely feel incrementally every step as you get closer to the temple district, it is pulling you further and further on. Okay. I don't want to go too far to like maybe attract some sort of attention. Okay. So I'll just make my way back to our meeting place. Okay. So you're, you're on your way back there and now we'll cut back to, uh, to the Sobek and Roya show. What do you say? What do you do? Roya with her staff is like poking Sobek in the ankle quite vigorously. I cannot trespass where I am at home. You are not worthy of entering this part of the temple. How did you get in here? I know everyone who has warranted passage into this area. The Lord set provides. Well, then perhaps you will surrender yourselves and we can speak to the temple master, the priest torturer Zoyos, and he can determine whether or not Master Set provides for your presence here as a supplicant or as a meal. Perhaps not. You refuse to surrender yourselves? I will not surrender myself. Roya? No, it seems like the long way around. We are here. We can already have a conversation. Why do we need to exit? Go talk to someone else. Torture, torture, torture. And then come back and have a conversation with you. We should really However, just cut off the man and continue talking. We would happily accept your surrender. Oh, no. I will not be surrendering. We're going to tick off a couple more doom, and you hear the sounds of footsteps coming up behind you, and the sounds of slithering snakes on the ground behind you. Your choice is simple. You can speak to Zoyos, conscious, or you can speak to him after we bring you back to consciousness, after we beat you half to death. From here, I would like to, uh, I'd like to say that I had this ready since we were like prepared to go into here. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, I would just pull from like a inner fold of one of my wraps or, or my robe, um, a basically a small snake on a kebab, and it has uh, been painted uh, in the colors of set, basically, mm-hmm. and it's got runes on it. And I just rip it off the kebab and shove it in my mouth mm-hmm. and swallow it whole. Mm-hmm. And I would turn around to whoever came up from behind us and cast the glutton's curse. All right. Talk to us about glutton's curse. What you see behind you is another man with two cobras, uh, four snakes on the ground and four more guards behind him. Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. Um, Glutton's Curse. Uh, I ritually consume a symbolic replica of the victim, and it places a seed of corruption within them. Uh, So it's difficulty two for me, and I'm uh, spending two resolve. And I'd also like to say that I'm using some offerings 
which would be what I had prepared mm-hmm. uh, to give myself an extra die. Okay. You do also, Stephen, uh, you had four uh, audience dice specifically thrown your way in case mm-hmm. you didn't catch that in chat. Well, then I would happily use one of those right now, too, if that's all right. And fortune. Uh, you have fortune as well. But you can, only, uh, you can only take up to five dice in total, though. So but let's yes, go you ahead could. and use the fortune just to be safe. Okay. Uh, so, so one of, my one fortune, of those, one of those die. If you spend a fortune, I get an automatic success, right? You get an automatic one. Yes. So for you using sorcery, that'll be two successes automatically because yes, you have a focus will. in it. All right. So rolling my four dice here. And what does he resist with? Uh, he does not resist. I just have to succeed according to this. This is Book of Skelos, uh, page 105. Um, but he does have to, uh, make a daunting resistance test or gain the staggered condition. Okay. And that is one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven with my fortune. Uh, so that's seven successes for me. Nice. Okay. Wow. He will try, he will try as daunting. Wow. Oh. Okay. He does not pass his daunting resistance test, so he is staggered. All right. Uh, so he's staggered. Um, it's going to be doing uh, three CD damage. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what CD is, but that's what it says. Um, it's simultaneously physical and mental. Uh, cover and armor provide no soak. Okay. And I will spend a momentum to make it a violent display. So any character viewing the display must make a challenging discipline or also lose three resolve. Roya, I'm sorry, that includes you. Okay. Wait, so what happens to me? <laughs> sorry. You have to make a challenging discipline test. So difficulty to discipline test. Oh. Now, how many? How much damage dice did you say it was? Three. Three, three? resolve. So you roll. So it's just a... They just lose resolve, or do they also take damage? Uh, okay, so for the violent display, I think it's resolve, but for the victim, it's yep. three damage. Okay, so you roll you roll three d six and tell me what you get. Oh, you want me to roll? Sorry. Yeah, you, you, you roll the damage dice. Yep. Uh, only ones and sixes matter, right? No, that's not. One is one. Two is two. Five and six uh, are also one point of damage, but they also have an effect if there's any effects associated with it. So if you just tell me what you roll in those three dice, I'll tell you what it is. I rolled a three, a three, and a one. Okay, so one point of damage. Okay. And Roya got two successes and one momentum on her uh, discipline check. Okay, so let's add your momentum in. Okay, so a few of these guys look staggered. Um, you know, obviously they've lost some resolve. Um, none of them are down yet, uh, but they're, they're not looking great. However, and this just... will last three rounds on the victim. Okay. The, the violent display does not last that long, but the victim, uh, has it for three rounds. Okay. So I'm going to spend a doom to seize the initiative and the snake charmer who you just turned your back to is, is going to attack you. And since your back is to him, you can't dodge it or uh, or resist it because you don't know it's coming. 
So the cobras strike out at you. And I'm gonna uh I'm gonna go ahead and spend uh three more doom to give me all five dice here. Let's see what we get. Hold on, I'm rolling physical dice here, so I need to have to calculate this stuff in my head. Okay. Ooh, that's that's not bad. That's not bad. One, one, two, three, four, five, six. Got six successes. So with six successes, we're gonna we're gonna put those over to damage. So five additional one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, this is I did get one four, but I got seven effects and two. So that's nine. It's piercing two, but you don't have any armor, but it's vicious one. So 14, 15, 16 points, 18 points of damage. And it's persistent two. So um, for seven rounds, you'll take an additional two. Now, however, however, you can give me one doom at this point to get rid of the persistent. So you don't have to worry. About I don't it. think that matters when I only have eight vigor. No, that, that doesn't kill you. Right? That doesn't kill you. You take, so you take a wound. Um, so that's one wound, two wounds, three wounds, Okay, so you've taken four wounds. So basically you're unconscious, but you're not dead. So, Roya, what you see is is Sobek turns around and casts a spell, and you see a couple of the temple guards that were rushing in. Mm -hmm. uh, they kind of crumple from it, and they, you see the snake charmer that he, that he targeted looks ill and hurt. But then out of the corner, then, but you were still facing towards the other guy. You see this cobra strike out and sink its fangs into the back of Sobek's neck. And you just see him fall to the ground. But and it is I, your turn. And I see how many um, other <laughs> folks other than us here. So uh, there's the one injured snake charmer. Okay. Two of his guards, his four snakes, the one snake charmer that just attacked Sobek, his four guards, and his four snakes. Yeah, you no. can run. <laughs> this is not. Uh... So the, the the snake charmer looks at you and he goes, "Do you wish now to surrender and speak to Zoyos? We will make sure that this heretic does not die." I do not wish to be separated from my compatriot, uh, but I will not be raising my staff to you this day. Drop your weapons, and we shall escort you in to see the master. Roya lays her staff at her feet. They bind Stobek's arms. They basically wrap his arms from his shoulders to his hands behind his back and bag his fingers, gag him. They they just tie your wrists, but they don't take any extraordinary actions. And they uh, lead you deeper into the temple. They're dragging his body by his feet. Um, but you did see the snake charmer put some sort of poultice on the back of his neck where you saw 
just beginning to swell and blacken. He puts something on the back of the neck to draw the venom out. And we'll flash back to Sir Drusus Jolden, who is walking into the inn. You find Zamir and Aurelia has, have already beaten you there, and, and they're having a drink. Uh, it's about a little after one o'clock in the morning. Pretty much the entire uh, inn has uh, has quieted down, and, and only people left in is, is the innkeeper behind the bar and a couple of drunks who are passed out, other than your two friends. Uh, Zamir, Aurelia. How goes your investigation? So when you walk up, Zamir is 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 leaning over very earnestly talking to her. Do you think there is a grandfather wisp? Oh, uh, hello, Sertrusis. Uh, please join us, join us. It's good to see you. I'll sit down with them. Now, you over here, Aurelia? I, I really hope so, for me. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, we shall break them up. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I don't know about you, Sergiusus, but we have a very promising lead for how to uh, gain access to one of these um, one of these parties, I think it is, uh, for the, the high priestess. Have you seen uh, our either two compatriots? Last I heard, they were going to the temples. I haven't seen them since. Uh, I am sure they are fine. Sobek Kepper seems very, very capable. Yes. Yes, I agree. Yes. Well, if but they my, are not here, they must have made great progress, I think. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, talk. It's, it's hard. I keep like, not used to that. I'm just going to move my hair over to the side. <laughs> so you enjoy your drinks. Uh, you catch uh, one another up on, on, on what you've found out. You find out that Sir Jolden's got a, a fight at 8 a.m. that may get him uh, his own invitation, and and you find out that they may be able to purchase invitations for everyone else, or at least themselves, at 5 a.m., uh, and then you turn in. And then we slide back to the Temple of Set, and we find ourselves in the very, very heart of the Temple of Set, in priest torturer Zoyost's personal chamber. And what we see there is Sobek, conscious again, He's deeply injured still. He's He's got his four wounds, but he's conscious. Um, so your resolve is back. I mean, your vigor is back to full, but you're, you're, you still have four wounds. So that means you're at minus four uh, to any actions you're going to take. So uh, it's just makes are you, you need your difficulty increases by four. So minimum of five to get a single success. Um, you are, you are shackled and uh, contained, you're on your knees, your hands and, and ankles are bound together. Uh, Zobek, you're gagged. Roya, you're not gagged. But in front of you is is a, a very Gentile looking man with long black hair and olive colored skin and, and hazel colored eyes. He, he actually has laugh lines. He looks like a pleasant person. Other than that, he's of, of average height. Uh, he's wearing nice clothes but, but they're not they're not particularly fancy um and he's smiling and he's just walking back and forth in front of him he's like just wait a moment there's some things that need to be attended to before before we talk and you see up on the walls you see different um types of knives and awes and and devices for obvious torture and you see a great leather smock uh hanging on a peg near the door um and as then the, the door to the chamber opens again, and you see the priest custodian that Sobek um, charmed 
being led in by the guards. And he's crying. And he's like, I didn't do anything wrong. I did. It was not my fault. And, and, and Zoya says, shh, hush, hush, hush. You will have an opportunity to prove yourself to Set. And then behind him, you see four other uh, lower priests of Set bringing in this giant urn. And they open the lid off. And then he turns and looks at you, Roy. He looks deep in your eyes. He kind of squats down. So you're just, you're, you're less than a foot away. And he's like, now this is, this is very important for you to understand. You've trespassed in the temple of Set. You've gone and you've assaulted members, priests of the temple of Set within the temple of Set. And you have to understand, we can't allow that to happen. So we're going to have a conversation in a moment. But first, I want I want you to see the possible redemption of a fallen priest. This might help your friend over here, who apparently is part of a set sect, but clearly a heretic. And he turns to this priest custodian. He's like, you, you may get into the urn. And the man is quailing. He, he pisses himself and he's shaking absolute terror. His eyes are almost bulging out. He falls at Zoyos' feet and he begs, no, no, no. And Zoyos just says, if you will not climb into the urn on your own, you will be put into the urn. And we both know how much worse that is. So you see this man just, just blubbering as he stands up and he crawls over the lip of this giant urn and falls into its depths. And then behind him, these two other priests open a smaller basket and they pull out a king cobra. And and Zoyos turns back to you and he goes, let me explain. He has lost his way. He allowed himself to be charmed by someone. He allowed someone to enter into the temple. His faith was not strong enough. So I'm going to give him an opportunity to prove to our Lord Set how strong his faith is. You see, if he does not move, if he barely breathes, the cobra will not bite him. It will coil about his body and fall asleep. And if he can do this for 24 hours, we will let him out of the urn and he will be redeemed in the priesthood of Set. And they put the king cobra in and they close the lid on the urn. And then Zoros turns back to you and he goes, now... My dear, you are not an adherent of our Lord's set. What possessed you to break into our temple? And you hear a little shuddering sound behind you from within the urn. Speak up, my dear. What brought you to my home? Uh, well, I was uh, journeying with my compatriot here, um, and we had a matter that we were seeking to inquire about uh, and I support my compatriot as I do and here I find myself I see I see so you accidentally picked a very very sophisticated mechanical lock and sorceress lock to sneak into the inner workings because you had a question to ask and I then you hear behind this. you, you hear a shuffling and then a faint scream. And then the urn starts to shake and shake and shake. And you hear a wailing and a cry. Mm. And then it goes silent and the urn stops moving. 
He goes, yes, you were saying, I must, I apologize for the distraction. My dear, what, what is it that you were saying? Yes, uh, just that it was not so much an accident. Our, our actions were our own. I would not uh, deign to act as if we accidentally stumbled into anything that was uh, quite intentional on our part. Uh, but here we uh, find ourselves. I do love honesty. I, Our Lord set loves supplicants to be honest. But you are here now, as you said. So why are you here? Well, you see, uh, we are... Uh, and Roy is sort of kicking at Sobek to see if he's coming back to consciousness yet to be able to explain this. He is conscious. He is conscious. He's gagged. Um, so they would have to remove the gag for him to speak, but uh, you could ask them to do that. I would hate to speak in a way that might be offensive to your beliefs. It might have better words if it comes from my uh, companion here. Ah, so you wish him to speak in your stead. Well, that is fair. He does, after all, know the ways of Set. So two guards come up behind you and grab your arms on either side. And then you see one come with this incredibly long needle. And he slowly pushes it between your clavicle and your collarbone deep into your chest. And the pain is excruciating. So you take... uh, you take three points of vigor damage and he goes, this, this is a hollow quill. You see the man behind, don't move too much because the pain will be even worse. There's a man standing over your shoulder with a vial of venom. And if your friend says something that I find dishonest or attempts any kind of spellcraft in my presence, my friend my associate will pour the venom into your chest and you will die horribly. So I I appreciate the trust you have placed in a fellow follower of Set. So let's see what he has to say. And Sobek, you feel the gag being ripped out of your mouth. You've heard everything that's gone on. And so standing in front of you, and I know he doesn't know if you could see him or not, but he goes, ah, brother, Fallen brother, heretic brother, but brother, what has brought you to the inner workings of the Temple of Set and Zamora uninvited? Would you believe me if I just said I needed a drink? Ah, my friend, please begin to admit one drop of venom, please. Just one. Let her feel what what the pain, the true agony of it is to feel the kiss of the serpent in her lungs. Roya, take one wound. Okay. And Roya, by the way, is not in any way letting on that she is in pain. Okay. She is gritting and stone-faced, but she does not give them any satisfaction. Give me a resistance. Give me a resistance roll to see if you're able to pull this off. Okay. Okay. 
I do not actually pull that off. <laughs> okay, so you, you're holding your breath, your, your jaws clenched, uh, but your feet are drumming against the ground behind you. Uh, so you're not yelling, but I mean, Sobek, you can hear, you can hear her feet slamming, and you, you're, you're a priest of Set. You know what that venom feels like. And then uh, Zoya says, "Your friend is much closer to death now because you weren't honest with me. You, you, if you choose, we'll simply kill her now and move on. But, or you can tell me what." Thought, what made you think that you could or should break in to the inner temple of Set? Well, let's start with the facts. Friend is a bit of a stretch. I only just met her yesterday. I hired her to be a guard. Make me a manipulation test. Or a persuade, right, me, sorry, persuade. Let me look up here. Uh, persuade. And then, okay, so I'm normally at 10 for this, but I mm -hmm. have minus four because of my well, wounds. No, so that means no, I need you, a six? No, you're you're still at a 10, but you have to get five successes to for it to be one success. Oh, shit. That's the difficulty happen. goes up by four. Would you people, like an audience dice? Uh, even with an audience die, though. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll take it, but it's going to be rough. And a fortune? I don't think I could. Even with a fortune, I, I'd still have to get five successes. Like, I'd have to get four more successes. With No, I'm not even taking the audience die. Uh, there's statistically no chance of me getting this. Okay. Yeah, and that's actually a 20 anyways with a complication. Okay. So, uh, he leans very close to you and he goes, that is your second lie. Another drop. Zoya, give me another uh, resistance roll. Oh, for goodness sake. Um, I am going to use a uh, fortune on this this time. Uh, please and thank you. Uh, so that oh. is three successes and okay. a banked momentum. Okay. So, uh, yes, yeah, so you get your extra point of momentum. You don't flinch at all this time, but you do take your second wound. As the venom, another drop courses down into your body. Sobek. Zoyos turns on and he goes, that was another drop of venom into your friend's chest. How many more drops do you think she will survive? before she passes out and meets Father Set in the afterlife to be digested forever within his coils. So, once again, I'm going to get heretic you killed, brother. It does appear that you are, yes. Do you have a reason? Or, my dear, would you prefer to explain why you're here? Because clearly your friend doesn't think much of your friendship. My patron, Nasser, priest of Set and Stygia, sent me to find 
the secrets of your temple here. Let's see that persuade check. All right. Uh, oh, it's opposed by so, his will, so. I will pull out all the stops here. Going to use two fortune to give me okay. two successes. Okay. Um, and do I you, will... Do you have any focuses in persuade? No, I don't. Okay. So I get two successes from that. Um, yeah. So that's the last of my fortune. And Good. then I will use an audience die. Got mm-hmm. it. And then uh, I'm going to... Uh, we have a momentum in the group, don't we? You have two momentum, yes. Can I use both of them? Or you can, can I get a total of, You can use a total of five dice. So Okay, so yeah, I'm going to use both group momentum to get five dice. Okay. And I'm going to use two doom to get four dice. That is, with my two fortune, six successes. Okay. With six successes... But I need, I had the minus four. Yeah, so it's technically two successes, and he got three successes, but he did roll a 20, so I'm going to give you a point of momentum back. Uh, However, he does not believe you. He's like, no. The high priestess of your temple would simply have sent an emissary to our high priestess. She would have not had you sneak in with an infidel, let alone. One more drop. Roya, let's have that resistance roll. Okay. Um, I am going to use a fortune on that. So if you're, since you're using a fortune, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to catch a little bit of a break. So if you succeed having used a fortune, you won't take a wound. You'll just take some vigor damage. Uh, four successes and a banked momentum. All right. So one, two, three, you just, you take three points of vigor damage. So the poison drips down through and uh, you're able to hold it together and you don't feel as sick from it. Now, technically at the moment, you have to get three successes to get one success because you've got two wounds, but that's still, you, you still succeeded. So. All right. Okay. He goes, all right, my dear. Clearly, as I've said, your friend is trying to kill you. So before he speaks again, do you have anything you would like to tell me as to why you are actually here? And so Roya is just going to kind of just take a deep breath. And she is just going to spill the beans. All right. That at this point, this just does not look good at all. And so... So Zoya sits back and he's like, well, that is a very interesting, uh, a knight of Mitra wishes to take back the torque of Mitra from the high priestess Setanepre, and he has his own Mitran relics with him. Well, my dear, here's what I'm going to do. That would be a horrible embarrassment to the high priestess. And I'm not sure if we can have that, but I'm not sure we can't have that either. So I am going to let you go. What you need to do is bring the braziers of Mitra to me at the high priestess Setenepre's party tomorrow night. 
and he scrawls out an invitation and he gives it to you. Your friend here, well, I'll show you what we're going to do with your friend. And you see them uncover this pit uh, in the room and you look down into the pit and 20 feet down, there's a small pedestal coming up out of the pit. It's about two and a half feet in diameter. We are going to set your friend on that pedestal. And then, and then he throws a torch down and about another 20 feet further down in the pit surrounding this pedestal are just mountains of snakes. Now, if your friend is better at controlling himself than that junior priest was, he'll still be on the pedestal at the time of the party. And I will bring him to the party because he will be my grand masterpiece. I will torture him so slowly and so beautifully that the high priestess Setanepre will have to applaud my artistry. And if you put the braciers of Mitra in my hands at that point, I will either present them to her or allow you to continue to attempt to take the torque from her. That'll be a decision I make at the party. But regardless, if you bring me the braciers, I will not tell anyone of your transgressions. Do we have an accord? Does not appear that I have a choice. Excellent. Well, and then you feel this, the knee will get pulled out and he gives you a potion. He goes, if you choose to trust me, you may drink that and your wounds will heal. The venom will be burned from your body. It will be slightly unpleasant, but you will feel better for it. Of course, you may not trust me, but that's up to you. He hands you the, uh, hands you the potion and the other temple guards start to escort you out as you hear Sobek being lowered into the pit. We're going to cut. It's five o'clock, or it's approaching five o'clock in the morning. Zamir and Aurelia, what are you doing? We're meeting that, that guy. Right. We are heading to uh, Old Town, I believe. Yes. Yes. Someone was going to, uh, we were going to, was it near the well? Oh, Fountain. Yes. Fountain in Old fountain. Town. Five Bells tomorrow will be approached by someone with an invitation. Exactly. Yes. So I think we're yeah I think we're heading there. I mean we'll we'll let Drusus know what we're up to. I mean we we kind of filled him in, but we will mm-hmm. before leaving the inn we'll let him know. Okay. Uh, we'll also peek to see if Sobek or Roya has returned. Yeah, you don't you don't see either one of them in their rooms. But as you're sta- as you're leaving the inn, you see Roya staggering up to you, and she is a disheveled, looks somewhat beaten. Did you take the potion? No. Okay, she looks very. Worse off, she you can see up her up the side of her neck and across her shoulders, horribly inflamed and swollen. You see black veins tracing through there. Uh, her eye, she's just profusely sweating. Her eyes are bugging out slightly, and and she's wheezing as if she's having a hard time breathing. Um, so with Zamir being an assassin, I haven't quite gone into the poisoner tree, but mm-hmm. would would looking at her and seeing some of the discoloration, would he have oh, a yeah, good idea? Yeah. Okay. You you absolutely know. It's okay. definitely it's definitely snake venom. You can tell by you, you just know for a fact, having lived around uh you know Zamora for as long as you have. He'll take a like a long sniff, like snake venom. What trouble did you get up to, Roya? 
And Roya will pull out the um the little vial that she was given. I I don't know if this is the antivenom or not. Uh Sobek and I attempted entrance, succeeded at entrance, but were caught immediately and he is and will be tortured. Uh, may uh, I see that, please? Of course. She'll uh, weekly can, hand it over. Is there, I have an alchemical test kit. Is there a test I could run? Oh, yeah, absolutely. To, absolutely. Roll it. Yep. You can roll an, al- uh, an alchemy test. It's a simple alchemy test. Just one success is all you're going to need. Okay. I will. And with the alchemy kit, you can use one one part of the kit to give yourself a bonus die for free. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Let's see. I think it's going to pop up. Yeah, good. And, well, you're down to two momentum now because every scene change, you lose one momentum. But you do have two momentum. Uh, I will burn a momentum and no, 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 I'll take my bonus. So, wait, so there should be two. There we go. Uh, oh gosh. Uh, I did get one success. One success. That's all you need. Uh, so you're testing it. You're looking at, and it's definitely, it's a powerful anti-venom. In fact, you think it actually may also have some other healing qualities to it. Well, um, my friend, I suggest that you take this as quickly as possible. Uh, The venom that courses through you right now is not the the kind that you want to let run freely. It will do irreparable harm to you. Uh, uh, okay. So she'll kind of down it. And you almost immediately start to feel better. It's a, the, a coolness suffuses your body, and that incredible ache you were feeling in your shoulder begins to subside, and you see the, the blackness start to leach out of the veins, and it heals rapidly. I mean, much more rapidly than any sort of non-magical alchemical tonic would or any healing. And you are fully restored. Your vigor and wounds disappear basically as, as you are standing there. Uh, Aurelia is practical. So as she's kind of like watching this happen, she's thinking, Roya, how did you guarantee your release? Well, unfortunately, Sobek attempted to obfuscate our true intentions, but that was going quite poorly. So I did share the details of why Sobek and I found ourselves in the temple. And Raya will kind of explain to everyone the deal that was made. Oh, oh, well, goodness. Things just got more difficult. Well, we will have to discuss our next steps, but Aurelia and I have an appointment. You look like you could could use some rest. Uh, Drusus, you have an appointment as well, I believe. Yes, I'll be at the battle pits at eight. Mm -hmm. If you wish to see my fights, maybe you could find a vantage point, but they don't allow commoners to the palace. (laughs) There is nothing common about Zamir Azad. What is wrong with you, Sedrusis? Oh, of course. Flip his hair a little bit at that. <laughs> uh, we, could, we could bet. 
Yes, it is true, but why don't you and I uh, go and make our appointment and then we will venture uh, and watch our friend Drusus. Roya, will you be getting rest for the morning? I... You actually feel pretty good right now. You don't. feel better now than you felt in days, really. Find the need. Uh, whatever was in that uh, concoction there has... Uh, even taken away any effects of drink from earlier today. Well, perhaps uh, with the lesson we have learned, uh, you two going off on your own, getting into such trouble, perhaps we should stay together for a bit. Uh, Drusus, your appointment is not till eight. You can stay with us for some time, I believe, and then we might all go and watch you. Yes? Yes, I shall travel with you. All right, so... Four of you start making your way to the uh, fountain in Old Town, and let's cut back to Sobek. Sobek, you're sitting on a pillar of stone. Your arms are uh, tied behind your back. Um, You hear the sound of snakes hissing 20 feet below you. Give me either a discipline check or a resistance check. And it's still minus four, right? Yep, yep, yep. You still need to get five successes. Yeah. Uh, There's momentum, and there's, and you can always give me doom. And there's audience dice. I'll take an audience die, and uh, if I use the two momentum, I might be able to get this. Well, if you re-roll, you will not have any of these uh, these elements. You know? You (laughs) can roll a character. (laughs) Can we vote on his next character? Okay. Okay. Uh, Oh, the suspense is killing us. He's freezing. (laughs) Six. Six. Okay. So you you successfully got two uh, successes. You get one back in momentum. And you're you're steady on the pillar. Um, Now, what will happen? You're not going to fall. But if you start failing these rolls, if you're rolling on discipline, you'll start to gain despair, which reduces your total amount of resolve. If you're rolling resistance, you would get fatigue, which is, you know, physically trying to lock yourself on this pillar, which which reduces your total vigor. But sitting above you, you hear Zoyos, and he's sitting at the edge of the pit, and he's pretty much just drumming his heels against the pit. And he, he's like, so... My friend, uh, my heretic priest brother, how would you like, what what type of torture would you both prefer? I mean, I have so many different artistic ideas for you, but what would you prefer that I start with? I'm quite fond of what we're currently doing. You're of great wit. It's a shame that we couldn't redeem you. I'm sorry for your loss. Indeed. Do you want to now tell me what you were actually doing here? I mean, Roya has told me uh, that you are here uh, to steal some or to find some way into the inner workings of the temple so you can get this token of Mitra, this torque of Mitra. But there must be something else that a fallen priest of Set was doing here. You must have had some ulterior motive for sneaking in. I've told you a story. She's told you a story. If I tell you another one, how many stories can you believe? Oh, I've only believed hers. You've, everything you told me was a lie. Well, then we shall keep it that way. <laughs> That's fair. 
Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your morning. Uh, I'll be sure to make sure that I take my lunch here at the side of the pit so you can at least smell what a last meal would taste like. When night kind. falls, when night falls, you'll be retrieved, and we will go to the we will go to Setanepres for her party. And if it's all and the your same, grand I would going away. To pass on that. I'm not one for parties. Oh no! Don't worry. You are you are you are going to be a piece of art, not a member of the uh, retinue. And with that, if you want a piece of art, <laughs> you should meet my friend Zamir. <laughs> Is he an accomplice of yours? Should I be looking for him at the party? Yeah, why not? Uh, sadly, I, I feel that I can't believe anything you say, Sobek. But once again, I'm, I'm going to retire for a while. Uh, do be careful. Try not to fall. And he withdraws. And uh, they uh, turns off all the lights. So it's you're just in a dark pit. Rules question. Yes. There's no way for me to attempt to heal myself because I'm like restrained, right? That is correct. Yeah. Okay. Now you could try to get out of your bindings, but if you don't, yeah, I'm, if I'm you could potentially there. fall. Yes. So I mean, there there are some risks. There. Okay. I'll just hang out for a little okay. bit. All right. All right. Now your your vigor completely restores. You have your wounds. You still have your wounds, but your vigor is full at this point. Yeah, yeah. That minus four is uh, tough, though. It's tough. It's tough. Getting four wounds is pretty hard. You're you're basically incapacitated. Um, but uh, I'm sure you'll be fine. And then we find ourselves back approaching the fountain in Old Town. The four of you uh, are coming. It's it's still pre-dawn. The sun is only beginning to start to break. Um, the market around you, the, the the small old town market is beginning to be set up. You see some uh, fruit and vegetable sales and people uh, bringing in some uh, pigs for butchering, probably. Uh, but it's still pretty quiet. And you approach the fountain as, as, as you were told to do. And you see shuffling over towards you uh, uh, an older looking man bent over, stooped over, walking with two walking sticks. In a, in a, almost like a, a a canvas sack for for clothing, and he goes, Alm, "Alms for the poor. Do you have alms for the poor?" But of course. Uh, and yeah, I think Zamir will flourish a coin or two. And uh, did we agree? I'm not sure if we agreed on a price, but he will. He'll flourish. He'll flourish a coin or two. Uh, kind of reach out, like hold it out for the man to like mm-hmm. kind of grab. Like, he goes, oh, this is this is nice for the poor, but for the prosperous, for the party goers, this isn't quite enough. Oh, well, one can never be too sure. And then uh, he'll he'll produce more. Um, yep. how, how many um, invitations could we uh, procure from you, my friend? Well... I can get you two. That's what I was told to have prepared. Uh, and and I was told that you could either pay me six gold or do a favor for Grandmother Wisp and she'll cover the cost. Well, Zamir will look over to Aurelia. Zamir's face is flush with excitement. Well... I believe we'll you know anything. how I would answer. How yeah. would you? For grandmother, we'll do anything. For grandmother, wisp. 
Well, what is it she would like of us? Well, within Setanepre's home, within her compound, if you make your way to her bedroom, you will find on her nightstand, the table next to her bed, a decanter full of a very, very, very rare drink. Grandmother Wisp has not drunk such an elixir. She has told me in hundreds of years. I, I Obviously, she is exaggerating. But if you can bring that decanter out with you, she will cover the cost of your invitations. My good man, consider it done. Well, she said you might say that. She also said you were very pretty. She was right. He hands over, hands over two invitations to the party and then turns sure. and begins to shuffle off. <laughs> and I'll say to him, I am sure you were quite a looker in your day as well, sir. <laughs> we had a question, though, before you oh, leave. Of course. What can I do for you, miss? Is there a grandfather wisp? <laughs> grandfather wisp? Oh, no, 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 no. There's only been Grandmother Wisp for, well, since my grandfather's grandfather's day. <sighs> well, there goes my chances. Okay. Was, the, the old legends say that, that and, and don't tell anyone that I said this, that she was one of the, the small gods of the city before the others, before Mitra and Set came. Okay. Zamir's eyebrows just nearly go through his forehead at that point. <laughs> you got. Oh my. Well, one of oh the small God. gods, but yes. Small gods with a wonderful oxymoron, is it not? <laughs> indeed, indeed it is. He just starts to kind of lick his lips at this point. So <laughs> it's just thinking. Yes. This turns and he shuffles away. And about five feet later, you see him straighten up a little bit more, and then he passes through some crowds and, and disappears. Yeah. Um, and it's only, it's about yeah. six o'clock in the morning, not even quite. Um, so the four of you, is there anything you want to do, or you just want to head directly head over to the fighting pits? Um, how, much, I, how much did Raya share with like what happened with Sobek and everything? Everything. Everything. Okay. Yeah. I do not think we could formulate a rescue in such short order. It is a very dangerous place. You uh, you wander into a pit of vipers, quite literally. I did. I uh, did not uh, envision that was how our evening was going to go. Uh, but we will see him at the party. I don't know how uh, difficult it will be to uh, get him out of the party, but it seems that it can't be more difficult than where he currently is. Well, we have many tasks at hand now at the party that we must give our attention to if we are able to retrieve. Um, I am sorry, I am blinking. Sobek, yes. If, if, if we are, yes, perhaps we will retrieve him. But I would say that perhaps this teaches lesson, yes? Do not put faith and trust in a sorcerer. 
from Stygia. Speaking of that sorcerer from Stygia, why don't you give us another resistance or discipline check? Or is there something else you want to do while you're on this pillar to try to affect your own escape? Uh, Yeah, I'll just jump into the snakes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll go discipline. Okay. Um, We have one group momentum, so I will steal that. Uh, And and you can give me doom if you want. I'm not going to quit asking for doom, (laughs) damn it. You got plenty. It's my job. It's my job. What can I say? (laughs) I am the doom master. Shit. Uh, oh no, that's fine. Uh, five successes. So that's okay. literally what I need, right? Minus four. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So uh, that's exactly what you need to get it with your four wounds. So you're able to continue to stay, stay frosty and stay uh, atop of this pillar within this pit. And unless there's something else you want to do, we will head back to find uh, our other four: Zamir, Aurelia, Roya, and Sir Jolden at the gates to the palace district. Hello. I'll be fighting today in the pits. Oh, excellent, sir. It's always good to see new nobles cross blades within the pit. And are these your retinue? Yes. We are here to serve Sir Dressus. As you you know, sir, uh, you must vouchsafe for their actions, and it is one silver apiece for each member of your retinue. Oh, of course. Any actions they partake in solely come back to me. I'm sure you'll be able to keep this lot in line. Enjoy yourself at the fighting pits today, sir, and uh, may victory find you. Thank you. Shall we go? To you. After you, my lord. And I'll go to the lead of it. (laughs) So you make your way past the gate and into the palace district, and this is the first time that you three, Aurelia, Zoya, and Zamir, have ever been in the palace district. Zamir, you've never even been in the palace district because it's so dangerous to do jobs here. And coming through the gate, it's like you're in a completely different city. The streets are wide and perfectly cobbled. There are lamps uh, along the entire wall where the, that are just now, there's lamp bears just now putting out the lamps. Uh, there's greenery in this desert city. There's palms lining the street. People are dressed immaculately. Uh, There are guards everywhere, but they're not interfering with anyone. They're actually trying to help people. Uh, Some are even carrying packages for some of these more wealthy people as you make your way in towards the fighting pit. Now, Zamir, you've been to a lot of fighting pits in some of the seedier parts, and you're used to just a big hole in the ground where people jump down and fight. This is more of a small stadium. Um, There's bleachers sitting up for people. There are people taking bets. Um, and then there are four quadrants of the of the stadium. And, and uh, Sir Jolden, as you walk in, you see the custodian who you spoke with last night. Oh, sir, you, you did come back after all. I was just getting ready to leave for my shift, but but I thought I'd wait around just in case you returned. Yeah, yes, my friend. How do the pits look today? The pits look good. Now, if I remember right, you were trying to win some interest in getting into a very exclusive party? Oh, you've heard right. Well, you're in luck. Chisimdi, the handmaiden of Sethenepre, 
is actually fighting today. And that's a good sign. That means that Setenepre is looking for someone to bring to her party. Sinde, is he a capable warrior? Oh, she, Chisamendre, is the champion of this pit. She has never been defeated, not once. But I tell you this, my lord, you don't actually have to beat her. Her Setenepre and her handmaiden, they actually look for people who can, how shall I say it, know how to take pain uh, over martial prowess. But if you manage to beat her, all the better. But as long as you can handle yourself well, if you choose to fight her, uh, you may find yourself an invitation to the party. You may find yourself to be a guest of honor, in fact. Yeah, let's just call it guaranteed then. Well, look forward to this fight. If you may. I'm just saying that if perhaps a gold were to grace my palm, I can make sure it will be your name called against hers in the first fight. Oh, if you can be so kind. So he takes the gold coin from you and he walks back in. He goes, remember the blue quarter there. Your retinue can sit with you or they can place bets or, or whatever you would have them do. Sounds so... Good. Uh, how we're going to handle this, this is going to be handled like a straight-up fight, but you're going to be using blunted weapons and a shield if you want it. So we're, it'll go through just the same as if as you, as you lose vigor and you lose your wounds, and it'll be the first one to lose uh, all four wounds to get to the point where they'd be incapacitated will lose the fight. But they're not actual wounds. They're, the effect will be the same in the fight, but at the end of the fight, you'll recover everything. It's more like bruising and battering. So okay. it's uh, we're just going to use it, the mechanics to to track the fight. So you see, when you get over to the blue corner, somebody comes over and they goes, "Do you have your own weapons that you want blunted, or or do you want to select weapons from uh from the racks?" The racks will be fine. Okay, and over there you see you see padded shields and 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 wooden swords and padded blades and padded axe, basically everything you any kind of fighting implement you could want to choose. I'll just do the classic sword and shield. Okay. And then they call for the first fight, and they call Sir Jesus Jolden to the center. Chisimdi, handmaiden of Satanepre, to the center. And you guys get your first look at her, and she is, she's got to be six foot six. Dark, dark brown skin. Um, curly black hair pulled back in a top knot with dark eyes. No armor is allowed in the pit. So she's just wearing a, a, a leather tunic and breeches, um, no shoes. And she has a short spear in her right hand and a shield on her left arm. And she yeah. comes up. There's an inner circle uh, drawn inside this interior of the arena. And she walks up and put her puts her toes on the line of that inner circle across from you. I'll sort of mirror actions do the same. And just introduce myself. I am Sir Drusus Jordan. Corinthia. It's a pleasure. Well met. I am Shisindi, handmaiden of the high priestess Setanepre. I am of Zamunda. We shall fight. I hope that you have a good showing today. And when she slams her 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 uh short spear into her shield and takes four steps back. I sort of claps my shield and sword together. 
All right. And also takes force of thick. All right. So now we're in it. Now in Conan, in in combat, the player characters get to go first. Um, unless the DM spends one doom to seize the initiative. Now, if you've watched any of our Octum Cthulhu in the past, uh, there are some similarities in how hand-to-hand combat goes, but there's a lot more that the player characters can do with momentum um, and with their actions in hand-to-hand combat. So since this is our first real fight, we'll walk through it sort of slowly. Um, so we'll start out with me spending one point of doom to seize the initiative because she's fast. So you see her, she spends, she takes a moment to size you up. And so what she's doing, the action she is taking is the exploit action. So she's trying to observe any weaknesses that you might have. So for her, uh, I'm going to make a roll. I'm not going to spend any money or any uh, doom for any extra dice. She gets two successes. So that's enough. I'll use one of those successes as a momentum spend on her attack. But I am going to spend two doom. And this allows me, this is what we call um, a swift action. So I'm spending two doom to take a second standard action. And that standard action, having exploited your weakness, is she's going she's gonna to move in and strike at you with the spear. So I will take the extra momentum or the extra doom she got to give her a third dice. Now, since she did the exploit action, her attack has the penetrating effect, and I get an extra damage dice if she hits. So for a little bit behind the scene, her combat rating is 4 and her agility is 14. So I have to get below an 18 on a d20. I got two 12s and a 15. So three successes, but nothing below her focus. So she did get the three successes. Um, So we're going to do some damage here. Now, I will say this. Sir Drusus, Jolden, you can give me a point of doom to try to parry this attack. And for every success you get parrying reduces her total number of successes. If you want to, but you have to spend doom to take a reaction. But parry's not too good, so I'll go ahead and just pass on it. Okay, so you're going to just take the hit. Okay, so that's four damage dice plus two. Okay, so that's... One, two, three effects, two threes, which are nothing, and one, one. So you take four, five, six points of damage. It's vicious. So three, nine points of damage. So what that is, is you take, uh, so you took more than five vigor. So you, you reduce your vigor by nine and you take one wound. How much vigor do you have left? See, so at forty to start, that puts me at five. Okay, so you have five. You have five vigor left. So you've taken one wound, and you're down to five vigor. So now it is your turn. Um, however, armor, so. now your difficulty. There is no armor in this fight. Nobody's wearing okay. armor in it. So. But but yes, normally you would get armor soak. Uh, but since you didn't parry, uh, you can't uh, you can't use your shield to soak any of it. So you've got one wound now. So that means your difficulty to hit her is two. 
Gotcha. Oh, that was quite the opening strike. You do have one momentum, and of course, you can give me Doom, and there's lots of different things you can use momentum for, like you could disarmor, you can do all kinds of stuff. So anything you want to try, you tell me, and I'll tell you how much momentum it costs to do it. Okay. I'll just sort of follow up and just strike her back, really. Okay. Uh, she is going to try to parry. So you go ahead and roll to hit, and then she'll try to parry. I'm not too familiar, so what will we be rolling here? So what you're rolling on your character sheet, if uh, if you go over to um, your belongings, you should have your if your weapon is in there, you should be able to roll off your weapon. If you're not, you can just go down to your skills and uh, roll the melee button, and that will automatically account for everything. Okay. Now, if you want a third die, you can use your point of momentum. You can go get up to five dice in total. You can also use fortune points to make one die an automatic one. And I know your focus in melee is higher than one, so that would give you an automatic two successes. So there are options. And as we as we figured out last week, you can spend as many fortune points as you want at once. So you could you could use multiple fortune points if you wanted. I will do whatever I can to get to five here. So I think. So you can spend a momentum and give me two point of doom, and that would get you five dice. Ooh, that sounds like a good deal. All right. Do you also have audience dice? Yeah, and don't forget that fortune comes back at the start of the next session. So, yep, yep. you know, don't be afraid to use it, basically. Okay. I'll use fortune for the auto success as well. Okay. So, well, one die is an automatic two successes. So you only have to roll four dice. Okay. Okay. Seven uh, successes, looks like. Okay, well, the last one doesn't count you only had to roll the four dice, but you did get five successes. Uh, you only needed to get two, so you get three points of momentum back. You did get a complication. Um and I'm going to say that complication is as you go in and swing with your sword, um, the buckle on your shield, because this is not a normal shield for you, snaps and you're, you drop your shield. Now it's weighing me down anyways. But so you've got three momentum. You you hit. You got five successes. She's going to try to parry that. Uh, and I'm going to spend a point of doom to give me an extra die. So she's rolling three dice. She's okay. She got two, three. She got three successes. So your five successes now is two successes. You had to get two successes to hit. So you did hit, but you didn't actually get the momentum. But you did hit. Mm. So what you do is what's the damage die on your sword? Uh, you may use spells to roll damage. Yeah, it's a broadsword. How do I see that? Should be in your. I just rolled it in. If so. you go to your belongings, you should be able. You should, if you're if the broadsword's in there, you should be able to roll damage from there. Okay, I'll just roll it then. Hmm, nice. Ten. Okay, so that's ten damage. Now, does your broadsword have any effects? No, it's just a broadsword. Okay. Um, I will tell you this: you can spend one momentum 
to re-roll any of those dice that you want to re-roll if you want to go for more damage. I mean, I would only say you've only got two that you really need to re-roll, so you don't have to spend the momentum to do it, but you can. Yeah, I think it looks fine here. Okay. Just, yeah. So 10 damage, that's uh, that's a super hard hit. And uh, you see her get winded. She takes two wounds from that. Um, but she's still on her feet. Um, so now it comes back around to her turn. So she is going to... Now, you're both... Uh, and one other thing to point out is normally guard is an issue here, but she's using a short spear uh, and Sir Jolden Jolden is using a broadsword. So they have the same reach. So there's not, you don't have to worry about breaking and regaining reach because the weapons are the same reach category. She will, um, she's hurting and she's, she's pissed. So uh, she is going to, uh, she's going to spend redoom. To come at you hard. Now she has to get two successes as well to hit you now. Oh wow. Uh she got one, two, three, four, five. She got six successes. Now you can attempt to parry that if you want with your broadsword. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna try and parry this round. Okay, so you have to give me one point of doom to pick. Well, on a broadsword, does it have parry? Yeah, it has parrying on it. Okay, so you don't have to give me any doom for this first parry. So you can just roll your parry, and you're just trying to reduce the successes. Now, if you get more than six successes, she misses. It's not even possible. I have one expertise and one focus. I don't know what that gives me. So you have you can roll the two dice. You've got one momentum, so you can roll three dice there. If you've got any focus, you can spend focus, or you can give me doom if you want to get up to five dice. I need six successes. Yep. So mm. do you have any fortune left? You have one left. Okay, you can spend one fortune. That'll automatically give you two successes. Then you could spend one point of momentum. And I'll give and, you doom for rest. And give me doom for the rest. So that'd be two doom and one point of momentum. You roll four dice. And you've already got two successes. Let's give it a go. Oh, only got three. Three successes and a complication. Oh, All right, no. this time I'm just going to take I'm going to take a point of doom as your complication. Uh, but the three successes reduces her six successes down to three, so that's not bad. So with her three successes, that and she needed to get two, so she only gets one point of additional doom from that. She's going to roll her damage. And her short is piercing two, vicious one. But since you're not wearing armor, it does, the piercing doesn't really matter that much. She got one effect, one four, and two points. So you take three, you take four points of damage, and she is going to spend two points of doom to disarm you. So she knocks your sword out of your hand, and you take four points of damage. That puts me on my last legs with one vigor left. Okay, you got one vigor left, but you did not take a wound from that because she did not get five points of damage. But your sword is on the ground, and it's your turn. Sword on the ground, huh? 
Now you can you can use your fast your minor action to pick it up. So it's not that big of a deal, but it, does, hmm. it means you can't take any other minor action. And sort of see my sword clutter to the ground. I'll like roll into it, somersault roll into it to retrieve it. Sort nice. of striker afterwards. I like it. So you guys see uh, Sir Jolden roll down, grab his sword, and strike as he comes up. I'm gonna I'm gonna give her an observation check really quick here. I want to see quick. if she got caught off guard. Okay, okay. So she does not expect you to do that. So when you come up, you're within her guard. So she's not going to parry. You caught her completely flat-footed. So you have two dice. Um, you can you can give me Doom to get more dice if you want, or you can just roll with the two. I'll just roll with the two. All right. Okay, one Got success. Got one. Now you needed two successes to hit her. So you, you swing in. And she just kind of accidentally, she was so taken aback that she takes a couple of involuntary steps back and your blade just wisps right in front of her. So she moves in and she is going to uh, swing her blade at you again. This time, uh, once again, she's, she's irritated that you caught her off guard. She's a seasoned fighter. So uh, she is going to... I'm going to spend a couple of points of doom to get four dice on this one. My four beautiful foundry dice. And we're going to see if we can't put you down. Oh, that's a good roll. That's a good roll. Okay, so she got four successes. She only needed two. Are you going to try to parry this? Yeah, I'm just going to go for my last parry. Okay. Here. You can spend so you fortune two on dice. this too, you know. I'm out of fortune. Oh, you are? Yeah, okay, no, no. so... Yeah, I failed. Zero successes, so she gets the she gets the four on on you. Uh, she needed two, so she gets two points of doom back, and uh, she's gonna roll some some damage here on this. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna spend those two points that she made in damage dice. Okay, I got three effects and five on the other three dice, so that's five, eight, and three. 11 points of damage. You have to just catch me in my solar plexus. Okay. Lose, so, lose my yeah. last breath. Her spear well, comes in, gets you right in the solar plexus, almost lifts you off the ground with this blunted spear because she's big and strong. You feel all the breath come out. So that takes you to zero, which gives you two wounds. And then you take an additional 10 points of damage after you go to zero. So that takes you down to four wounds. So yeah, she lifts you up on the point of her spear and drops you on the ground and you're out. Well fought. And just sort of collapse there. She uh she grasps you by the arm and she stands you up. And she uh she goes, she puts her forehead against your forehead in a in a gesture of respect. She goes, Sure, Jolden, it has been months since anyone has caught me off guard and struck as true as you have. Please accept this invitation from my mistress, the high priestess Setenepre, to be a guest of honor at her party this evening. Your words honor me. I shall be there. She hands it to you, and then she takes this bracelet off of her wrist that's made of onyx beads, and each bead of onyx 
is carved in the shape of a serpent's head. And she hands it to you. She goes, this is a gift for a true warrior. I look forward to seeing you this evening, Sir Jordan. I accept gracefully. And with that, she turns and walks out. And you all three have invitations to the party. And Roya has her own invitation. The special invitation from the torture priest Zoyos. I wish I didn't have this invitation. So, Sobek, let's get another discipline or resistance roll from you. I would just like to say that technically I was invited as well. <laughs> this is true. You also will be a guest of honor. <laughs> Some of us got uh, got invitations right. like way easier than other people. <laughs> Uh, I will be spending an audience die here. Let's see how this goes. Uh, Doing discipline again because I'm good at it, Um, but not good enough. Uh, Dang. Uh, That's only four successes with a minus four. Okay, so you take one point of despair. So that reduces your resolve by one. So up in that that little circle in the corner above your max resolve, just put a one in there and it will temporarily reduce your resolve total by one. Okay. But that's how you spend the day and the late afternoon as the rest of your companions have invitations to a party that they have to get ready for. And that's where we're going to call it for the evening as Aurelia, Zoya, Zamir, and Sir Jersus Drusus Jolden have invitations to a very, very important party where they have some very important things to do. And our friend Sobek is going to be turned into a piece of art unless his friends figure out a way how to get him out of this mess. I really appreciate everybody sticking with us tonight. I hope you're enjoying our Hyborian tales and our and our time in Zamora. I, I will point out, as I pointed out before, if there's a particular region of Hyboria that you'd like to see these people go to in their next adventure or one down the road, feel free to head over to the Lollygaggers Discord and, and drop uh, drop it in there or uh, go check it out on YouTube again. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Give us a comment on where you'd like to see us go. Um, and who knows? We may find them there and whoever Steven's next character is. With <laughs> I'm going to turn it back over to Jeff now so he can, uh, so he can uh, do the tap dances and bring us out. All right. So... Uh... Aaron, thank you for running. This is a lot of fun. I really enjoy watching Steven squirm. So uh, <laughs> keep doing this. This is so good. Uh, let's see. Tomorrow, we're going to be playing some One Ring. So come hang out uh, as we are episode 49. In a couple weeks, we're going to have a special big-ass giveaway for episode 50. We got stuff from Norse Foundry. We got stuff from Free League. We'll talk a little bit more about it tomorrow, but a lot of good stuff. So uh, come hang out with us tomorrow. Uh, Monday, we'll be back to Holler for Savage Worlds. Uh, Steven, what do we got on Tuesday, man? Tuesday, we're having a big TPK. Uh, everyone's going <laughs> to die. It's going to be miserable. Uh, we're playing nothing. Forbidden Lands. Yeah, you, you like watching me squirm? Yeah, you're dying. You're dying. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So uh, we're playing Forbidden Lands. Uh, it, they just got through a dark forest. And uh, yeah, it, it's going to get ramped up here. Now Now that I see what the stakes are, uh, we're we're up in the danger. Yeah. You guys, we're on air. You guys can't flirt right now. Chill out. Just remember, (laughs) I have control of two of your characters. You just got one for me, buddy. Oh, goodness. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Next Friday, we we might be back to Blade Runner, or we might actually have the week off. Melissa and I have some some folks coming in, so we're not sure yet if we have Blade Runner. 
but yeah. Uh, and also come out, come hang out with us on Garblag next Thursday where you can see Aaron and I playing some Oct- Actually, no, wait. Aaron, nope. you're not going to be there. But I might be there. I'm not sure if we're playing it, but come hang out with us. Uh, but thanks for everyone out tonight. Thanks for those of you who threw out bits, threw out subs. We got this the hype train. Uh, thank you for those of you who are watching this on YouTube. We really do appreciate it. We're going to raid our friends over at Defenders of Cobalt now who just started up a new America campaign. Uh, so when the raid uh, kicks up, go ahead, click on that button, follow over, watch some more good stuff, and have a great rest of your night. So bye-bye. Good night. Bye. Bye.